Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. So what happens when a group of teenagers decide to graduate by finding out that you can take Camp Crystal Lake into the Atlantic Ocean and visit New York City? Well, we're about to find out when Horror Movie discusses Jason Takes Manhattan. Tavern in Burlington, New Jersey. Uh, we got two-thirds of the show here right now. I'm Matt, the one co-host. This is Scott, who drove here from Ohio to be here to do this little thing. And got lost, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, I mean... Oh, uh, did he tell you that we might swear a little bit? So yeah, sorry mittens, about that. Mittens on, everybody, for the right, next hour and so, a half. Yeah, earmuffs. There's earplugs for a dollar over there. Uh, so we are going to be talking about Jason Takes Manhattan, and we decided to bring... Yeah, we're we're gonna we're definitely gonna try and keep it like PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Is that okay? Uh, so we've got uh, a guest with us. He is the super villain lead singer of the punk rock band Johnny Neutrano in the Order of the Crawling Hand. So uh, Johnny, can you make your your evil way up to the stage to join us? Talking. We give him a round of applause. Oh, hold on a second, he's got his bodyguard. Hold on oh, a second. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> Thank you for delivering him safely, sir. Very imposing figure. We talked about this. My name is Johnny Neutrino. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> for anybody who has never listened to our podcast, uh, Matt has a serious problem with actually pronouncing simple words like neutrino or amaretto or um, John. So, 
This right. is going to be a, a recurring problem all night tonight. So, right off the bat, how many of you guys have actually seen Jason Takes Manhattan from 1989? A little round of applause for anybody that's right. seen Jason Takes Manhattan. So, so, we just spent the last two days working at the Monster Mania convention over in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And we were handing out flyers, and the most baffling thing of this entire weekend was how many people told us that that's their favorite Friday the 13th movie. And it blew because my it's mind. it's awful. It's terrible. It's, it is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm really upset with the fact that I've had to re-watch this film just for tonight. Like, it's very disappointing. <laughs> There's, um, for starters, it's called J Jason Takes Manhattan, and he does not get to Manhattan until three-fourths of the movie. Also, well, this movie is like an hour and 50 minutes, right? It, it, is, a, it is the <laughs> longest Friday the 13th you movie. You feel every, can, every can second of that. Can we talk about Manhattan, though? Because it it's opens Toronto. On, on Manhattan. With and a really awesome song. <laughs> some post-apocalyptic future. Like it, <laughs> it is the city that the no. Warriors <laughs> takes place in. It is not New York City. No, no, no. That's the thing, is that in the 80s, like... New York City actually looked like Basket Case. Like, <laughs> you watch the movie Basket Case, it's just... It's just garbage. It is right, yeah, I, more or less like Fury Road, but a city. It was just... It was, it was Basket Case just without, like, the porno theaters. Like, how, that's the only difference. How, how did a garbage strike generate barrels of toxic waste on the corner? Well, uh, as you know, as they explain later on in the movie, toxic waste pumps through the city through the of sewer. New... Every At midnight, every single night. <laughs> is a toxic waste overflow. Uh, so, <laughs> this movie literally starts off with a voice that just goes, Jason! <laughs> like, like, it actually is that volume compared to the rest of the volume of the like, movie. It's the Paramount logo with someone just yelling Jason as the stars go around the mountain. It's the most baffling decision. I'd honestly be a lot happier if that was the entire movie. Like, so, just like, Jason, done. Well, and then there's, there's this weird spoken word intro about the city of New York City. Yeah, as the was, that yeah, it's reminded like beats, me of the Warriors, like, too. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Hard Harry and Pump Up the Volume giving like a speech. <laughs> He's just like, New York City, a city filled with disease and distress. <laughs> but there's one disease known as Jason Voorhees that is just making his way into town. Yeah, Frank like, Miller wrote the... Yeah, actually, for an episode of Mad Men, he's like, we're going to get high, watch Jason, and listen to Miles. That's like, that's this movie in a nutshell, pretty well, much. This is the eighth movie, and they still need to tell us the origin of Jason, as if, like, someone was just like, I've never seen those other movies, I'll go check this one out, I guess. They, they like, didn't need filler for this movie. It was an hour and 50 minutes long. They, we didn't need that rehash. And yet, somehow, it all manages to be filler. <laughs> it's, it's nothing but filler. So, Jason is revived in this movie by an anchor catching a power line, which is how they killed the shark in Jaws 2, side note. So, the shark's demise is Jason's rebirth. Um, and J did, did either one of you hear, when Jason gets electrocuted to life, he literally goes, Cha like, underneath the water. Like, wouldn't wouldn't that have electrocuted everyone on the boat as well? Yeah, like and wouldn't when the anchor hit the high power line. I feel like the the biggest problem with that is that if everybody died, or I mean, if if uh, all the fish died in Camp Crystal Lake, they wouldn't be able to have any campers there. Like they wouldn't be able to go fishing. <laughs> Half of their entire like outdoor plans would be ruined. So we've got this opening couple, right? right. So you've got your typical like dumb. Dumb '80s teen girl and her boyfriend, played by 26-year-olds, yeah. mind you. <laughs> uh, so the, the 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 boyfriend is telling them all about like, oh yeah, there was this boy named Jason, and he he 
was he drowned and then his mom killed a bunch of people and he tells her this horrible story and then he like jumps out of a corner and stabs her with a fake knife <laughs> and she's just like oh you and then they get back into bed <laughs> he, he definitely Naked. took that joke way too far it was a long much like the rest of this movie it was a long build up with very little payoff <laughs> pretty much his whole game plan there um, and then there's okay so it's suddenly like they get killed and then <laughs> it jumps to the next day and this school is apparently doing a trip to Manhattan via a ship leaving Camp Crystal Lake and somehow that's going to connect to Manhattan, which they <laughs> never explained. And the director has gone on record saying, like, we just figured no one would notice. Yeah, it's a lake. <laughs> um, so this girl gets driven there by her English teacher. and That like, relationship is super weird. Like, it's really weird. I mean, I had an English teacher that liked me and gave me a pen when I graduated from was high school. Was it from Stephen King? Was it Stephen King's <laughs> pen from high school? No, actually it wasn't. But <laughs> When the fuck did Stephen King graduate <laughs> high school? Like, 1791? <laughs> it's actually, literally that pen. It, it must have been like three years before this movie because he must have seen the, the main character, Susie, right? Yeah, Susie. He me- must have seen her when she was a freshman. He was a senior. He's like... That girl's going places. I better give her my pen. Well, so there's this moment where, like, the teacher shows up, and she's talking to the biology teacher, who's, like, the, the guy who didn't want to do this trip. And he's and that's like, not explained at yeah, all. Yeah, that's never explained. Why he's even there. There wasn't any other teacher that wanted to go to New York. Like, they, Yeah, like, they couldn't find anybody that wanted to go to New York, so they found one that was, like, mediocre about it, one that really decided you didn't want anybody to have fun. Yeah. And at all. He's like... And the, but the, the best line is actually, like, the teacher says, and I quote, um, when the missing kids are, like, brought up by the biology teacher, she's like, um, they would rather be exploring each other. Yeah. Like, what says, teacher says that? She says that, but what's more shocking is the biology teacher's just like, story checks out, all aboard, let's go. <laughs> like, there's, no, there's no need to search for these two missing teens. <laughs> And aren't they dead on the boat? They're like, dead. Well, no, they had their own oh, separate their, boat. Oh, their own separate boat. I mean, like, that's super rich kids right there. <laughs> all right, so I have a note here. It says, all right, we're 15 minutes in. I just need to clarify some things. They're taking a ship from Camp Crystal Lake into New York. Um, Rini and her dad uh, are under a guardianship. Uh, is, oh, Rini and her dog are under the guardianship of this biology teacher. Uh, who turns out to be her uncle. And uh, the ship captain just decides to put his son in charge of everything. That makes no sense. <laughs> like, and, and also the kid's like, uh, apparently he's been trained his whole life, but he's, his dad's like, you got to do this and you got to do this. Like, and then his dad gets killed. And so he's like, oh, I guess I'm on my own. Like, <laughs> I got a real good look at that kid. And I'm pretty sure he knows something about who killed Laura Palmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so then we get introduced to JJ, who I'm pretty sure is your favorite like teen in all of, Private. She might be. She absolutely. Yeah. But the sad thing is, is that she's in the movie for three minutes. Yeah, seriously. She, so this girl is like the rock and roller. She's got like kind of a Ramones haircut. She's wearing a gigantic leather jacket with like big shoulder pads. V but guitar. she's got a purple flying V, like Gibson flying V. That, and I also made a note. I appreciate the authenticity with they found someone who actually was playing the parts when she's like shredding the guitar. Her fingers are, because I'm a guitar player, so I can see that she's actually moving like 
the, the actual song that she's playing to, but she's actually plugged in, she's plugged her expensive Gibson into this, like, $20 Radio Shack um, cassette player that apparently has distortion and a backing track, and she's, like, got her weird, nerdy friend who... The K- a, you mean the Walmart brand Crispin Glover that's yeah, over yes, there videotaping yes. for I thought he was Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh my god! Wearing a Gordon Gartrell shirt. <laughs> I was. I have a Lex Luthor joke too. Thank you. Um, evil mastermind. The evil mastermind over here. Uh, but she gets murdered literally like three minutes in. I mean, like she's the coolest, most hip, most down to earth, like least worth getting killed person in the entire thirteen Jason films. I, I feel like you referring to her as uh, cool and hip and down to earth is exactly what the fifty year old executive producer <laughs> asked for her to be. He was like, "I'll admit that." Like, like, I need <laughs> someone who's hip and cool and down to earth. We we have to finish this podcast up pretty early so I can get to bed and get my Metamucil. Like, <laughs> so, well, I, hold on, you're skipping over something really important, though. Okay. Her death? Or? Frank Miller is standing by the porthole listening to her getting <laughs> murdered, and he's like, I told you this voyage was doomed. Yeah, I, yeah that's the best. I forgot about that. There's the guy who's like, this voyage is doomed. And then he sees her get murdered, he's like, don't. Who hired that guy? <laughs> the thing is, is that he probably got fired right before they started the, the, the trip, and he's like, man, these kids are in for a rough ride. So, like, this is the point, though, where you see the ship has, like, well over 100 students on it that all just vanish from this point on. <laughs> like, they, and they, they, they pull off kids. the mooring. Like, they're, they're in the lake. I mean, I mean, I don't know how big Camp Crystal Lake is. It's probably not that big. I mean, but, we could go to it. It's not that far from I mean, here, actually. I in, mean, in the mythology, not in reality. But, like, they're... they're, they're on their way, and it looks like they're going into the sea. Yeah. And, and <laughs> somehow. And somehow. And then all the kids disappear, and you're left with, like, seven people that get killed. I mean, honestly, it's... I love for there to be, like, a deleted scene where the boat has, like, big-ass wheels underneath it. <laughs> it's just, like, hauling ass down the road to the next, the closest ocean. Yeah, we have, so, to, we have to, like, ford this, like, <laughs> this road, guys. I feel like at this point we can probably just skip to the last 15 minutes of the movie well, because so, there's a bunch of murders and none of them matter. None of no, them matter. Not until also, you get to Manhattan. The only the only uh, notes of like noteworthy deaths that happen in the next couple minutes is that there's that girl who draws her organs on her body to seduce oh. the biology teacher to get it, to to have Crispin Glover videotape her seducing him when the biology teacher clearly looks like he's being seduced yeah. and he doesn't does not want like anything it. to do with it and she's like well that's blackmail because I kissed you <laughs> like, well she's also like did I label my organs right and the only one she labeled was stomach and heart oh. but here's the thing no you didn't label <laughs> I mean I'm not saying it's anatomically correct but I mean it was on top of like she had to have her bra and panties on so that Right. You know, we had a PG... This movie is literally the most PG-13 Jason movie you'll ever watch. Yeah, there's, it's, like, no blood, there's no nudity, yeah. there's so no reason to watch it. There are two, it. two <laughs> kills that I want to talk about. First, the the blonde mean girl. Oh, yeah. um, so she draws... <laughs> this is how dumb, just absolutely stupid the story writing, or the story plan for this movie is. Like, what... Okay, if, if you have somebody who has organs drawn on them... Yeah. It should be foreshadowing that Jason's going to remove those organs. <laughs> like a, all like, he does. Wait, is so you wanted her back. to turn into like Operation, like yes. a human version of the game? <laughs> How much better would this movie have been if they would have turned her into a, an Operation? Like, yeah, I know that Jason is not like about precise murders, but 
Come on. It just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> they could have electrocuted her, and it would have been just as good. Okay, if this was Jason Ta- uh, Jason Lives, that's the joke they would have played. Yeah, Because no, Jason, Jason Lives is a good movie. So. It's also funny, but also subversive in that way. So uh, so there's also the weird... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before we go on past that murder, we missed the murder, which is this guy goes into a ho- uh, the, the sauna and <laughs> lays down, puts a towel over his face, and immediately gets a, a rock in his stomach, a hot rock in his stomach. and um, It bursts that, into flames. Yes. That's not how human bodies work. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know how much gas he had in his stomach, and if it, like, inflamed that, I don't know. I, I, I eat a lot of beans, but I don't think I would have done that to me. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, that could have been a sweet kill. It sucks. Could have been. It is so bland. In any other this whole movie. movie, it would have been. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, this, this boat also has this weird rock and roll disco area. That, <laughs> that, that <laughs> nope. Like, why are the lights on if no one is on that boat? No one no is one. enjoying this disco. It is. It is bacon. Also, it's not like a disco song. It's like another rock and roll song that's playing, which makes no sense if like it's like a disco ball and it's like, happy graduation, nobody on the boat. <laughs> Did you get the impression that maybe the cinematographer thought that a disco and like a hall of mirrors and a fun house were the exact same thing? <laughs> because she kept looking around like, oh, Jason's over there. That was five minutes oh, of the movie, Jason's by the way. Jason's over there. Yeah. So it was, it was a room that is about the size, the size of this stage. So this was the point when I was like, all right, let me check on the, the old IMDb trivia page for anything of note. Leonard Maltin gave this movie two stars. It's the highest rated Friday the 13th movie Leonard Maltin has ever reviewed. Wait, is this the only one he's reviewed? Because that would make a whole lot more sense. No, he's reviewed all of them. And this was what he considered the, the crown jewel. No, absolutely not. Can, you like, can he go retroactively back and say that Jason Lives is way better? Because, like, I will fight... Leonard Maltin, like, Leonard Maltin, if you're listening, I will fight you on this. So uh, it's also important to note at this point, <clears throat> the movie Jason Takes Manhattan. And he's, we're, we're over an hour in, he's we're not We're an there. hour in, he was still on a boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the, actually Jason Takes Over a Boat. Yeah, the closest we've come to Manhattan was the weird opening shot that you <laughs> talked about earlier. And, you know, they think, like, the IMDb trivia thinks that that is, like, super deep because they're like, oh, the intro shows all the places where Jason kills someone in Manhattan. That's not deep. That just means that they were on location that day, took him out of the picture, and like, here's this radioactive, toxic waste that they like are gonna dunk somebody in. So yeah, the ship finally begins to sink. There's 35 minutes left of the movie. They still. This is when I start hitting fast forward. Yeah, they're still no closer to Manhattan than when the movie started. Um, oh, then we have that 10 minute montage of them like rowing. Yeah, they just row. <laughs> Nothing happens. They're just rowing, and then suddenly Jason who was sinking in the ship, just pops out of the harbor. In, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. As if, I'd like to believe that, like the Statue of Liberty in Ghostbusters 2, he just has been walking through the water this whole time. He and is he wa- extra slimy. <laughs> I was going to say, this time. is his gooeyest. They must have used an entire, like, you know one of those 55-gallon jugs of KY? Yeah. <laughs> So, Actually, Kane Hodder was at Monster Mania this weekend, and I wanted to ask him how much KY they slathered on him, but I didn't want to pay the 50 bucks, so, so it didn't happen. So they got, they, they've been in New York for three minutes when a group of punk kids try to kidnap and rape somebody. And, and they inject the main girl with heroin. Yeah. And she's not high the rest of the movie. Like, she would be tripping balls. Like, I, I understand why the New York tourist group was like very anti this movie if that's like the yeah. depiction oh, yeah. of New York that they're kicking off with. Yeah, like you got these these guys who are going to take your money, take your girl, kill her after doing awful things to her. But I will say we watch a lot of 
violence towards women in the movies that we discussed on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And this was quite possibly the least offensive, yeah. which is really weird because they inject her with heroin and then right, they're going to... they gave her free drugs. <laughs> but the thing is, is that if they're fiending and they're taking people's money so that they can buy drugs and they're going to use their last, like, syringe that they have prepped. Like, I don't know a whole lot about drugs, but why would you have a syringe prepped? You know? <laughs> Just like, in case someone comes into New York at that very moment. She also, like... I can't get past the fact that she's like, no, no, she doesn't, like, fight back. She, like, slaps one guy, and he's like, oh, I like you now. I think I'm in love. <laughs> it, like I said, it is the least offensive of all the degradation that the women that we watch on these, in these movies, like, lives through. But then at this point, it actually gets kind of good. For brief, there's brief moments The thing of is goodness. that it's good in comparison to the last hour. <laughs> like, that boxing scene is one of the best moments in any Friday the 13th movie. And the sad thing is is that it was kind of taken like, down a notch by the boxing scene in They in, Live. No, no. I was actually going to say the boxing scene in Halloween H- H2O. No, Halloween or, Resurrection. Resurrection where Buster Rhymes bu- boxes Michael Myers to his demise. Yes. So <laughs> I, I've see, I, I had seen Jason Takes Manhattan before um, Halloween Resurrection. Jason Takes Manhattan is a much better film than Halloween Resurrection. Take our word for it. But... Like, I can't, like, separate those two scenes. And so it really takes away the entertainment value of the first one in Jason Takes Manhattan. But Halloween Resurrection would be a way better movie if Buster Rhymes punched Michael Myers' head off. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think... That... Here's what would have actually made that a way better kill in this movie, is if his spine would have come out. Just like Mortal Kombat style. Like, yeah. Or if a killer clown from outer space knocked his block off. There you go. Off. Yes, exactly. Actually, so killer clowns did it first, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and best. So, so I have a note here that just says, hey, remember when that English teacher gave Rennie the Stephen King pen? That was pretty pointless, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, I think Never the- brought up again. <laughs> never once. It, it makes no sense because you think that there's trying to, like, she's going to stab him in the eye with the pen. She doesn't. She doesn't do anything with the pen. She stabs the him in the eye, but the pen again. is never, yeah. The pen's never seen again, and that scene, I feel like, was to establish that she's a writer, which is also a trait that is never brought up again. And it's not like they edited <laughs> it's like, it's the they didn't short- <laughs> yeah, they didn't shorten the film to like they didn't have to cut any scenes out showing her being a writer or having aspirations to go to New York City or anything. You it's know, mind-boggling. This is the only time you'll ever hear me say this, but that dog was pretty pointless too. No, that dog <laughs> I love dogs, but uh, that dog. <laughs> served no purpose. <laughs> no, the thing about that dog is that I have a note. My second note is like, that dog better not die. Uh, <laughs> because, bag story for everybody that probably hasn't heard it, well, because it was a special for our Patreon donors, yeah. um, we did a commentary track. Like, we watched, the three of us, well, Matt, Adam, and I watched Bride of Reanimator a couple weeks ago and did a commentary track to the movie. We only spent half of the time talking about the actual movie, but the cutest freaking dog I've ever seen in any horror movie was in that movie, Doesn't Live. I was like, I was so mad. It comes back so, with a human arm yes, for a leg, though. So. I mean, they take no prisoners in that film, but at least in this one, the dog lives. Although, yeah. if the dog could have, like, been not useless, if the dog could have, like, fought Jason and maybe died an honorable death or lived... After fighting Jason off, like, nobody in this movie matters. No. The, do- the dog brings up something, a very important question, though, because the dog sees Jason as a little boy jump through the, the, the porthole, right? Yeah. And runs away. And then little boy Jason grabs her and pulls her down. And then Jason, like, disappears and reappears in the disco. Does Jason have extra magic powers in yes, this he does. Actually, he has extra magic, magic powers. <laughs> he has teleportation starting in 
Jason lives, right? I believe so. Pre I mean, it's pretty much implied that he has okay, teleportation so, powers. So I'm glad right. you brought up little baby boy Jason, though, it's because it's awful. And there's this moment where she's like, she's driving the car, and like baby boy Jason's standing in the middle of the street, <laughs> and like it suddenly goes to slow motion, and then it's it's like the chunk, 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 chunk thing from like LA Law or whatever those shows are, CSI, where it just does like these quick like slow motion zooms into baby Jason's face and then she just smashes the police car into a wall and kills people. I'm also pretty sure there were at least 15 young actors playing young baby Jason and one of them was like a 50-year-old Asian man. Oh, dude, there's no... So, so... So this is like, everyone always talks about this scene. It's like their favorite scene in the movie is Jason actually walking around like Times Square. It is the, it is the high it's point. It's awesome. So my favorite part is that there's a group of guys who are the most like stereotypical 80s punk guys listening to like what I can only describe as the rap song at the end of Monster Squad where it's yes! like, it's like, Zaculous women in a swimming pool. Like, rap -a rap 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 like, Weren't they the gang from Short Circuit 2? <laughs> Yes! We have, we have gone far too many years doing this podcast without talking about Short Circuit at all. Good. But then uh, Jason lifts the hockey mask. It's a great joke. It's a, like it's, it. a, it's a lovely joke. Don't you dare lift that mask. I know the rules of luchadors. Uh, so, so I, I like this note. We already talked about it, but it just says, ah, the sewers flood with toxic waste every night at midnight. Citation needed. So, like, <laughs> So, like, this is just a thing that they just kind of throw out there. It's like, oh, yeah, no, everybody knows that. And then she throws the toxic waste on Jason's face, and his face mutates into a Muppet, which is, like, the I, worst Jason has ever looked. It was a child's drawing of a <laughs> rotting pumpkin. <laughs> yes. If, if you ask the child who had never watched the movie Pumpkinhead to draw what they think Pumpkinhead looks like, they, they would draw that version of Jason. And, and I can speak for Adam, because he's not here, but... Adam hates Pumpkinhead. We did an episode on Pumpkinhead, and he was so livid. I think I picked it, didn't I? Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the, That's ad. the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. So, so speaking of Adam, he did take some time to uh, send us a quick review uh, since he couldn't be here. And he says, uh, Jason takes Manhattan, 
When you picture a Friday the 13th movie, you don't really think hilarious comedy. So why is every aspect of this movie built on some weird slapstick bullshit? Jason's tumbling and doing pratfalls and taking off his mask to spook kids and hamming it up when he gets violently electrocuted. And the director's so excited by his Times Square shots that the camera actually shakes sometimes with the motion of him jerking it in excitement. Anyway, as Jason movie goes, I give this three out of ten. But as the Three Stooges movie, I give it a one out of ten. <laughs> That's good. Adam just redeemed himself for not being able to be here. Uh, so, Jason is... He's, he's hit by the sewer, the toxic waste, and is mutated into a child. Hold, hold on. Because there's an awesome scene where the girl with the beaded vest... Throws that was one of my favorite books in that thro- series. <laughs> throws. <laughs> God, that's amazing. She, she throws toxic waste in Jason's face. With her bare hands. Where did right. she get it? Like from I, a viral a that was right there. There's a bucket just chilling in There's the book. There's a bucket what? of toxic waste in it. So she throws toxic waste in his face, and then he throws up on her. Okay, so Kane Hodder actually (laughs) drank a gallon of water and then had the mask on. was like, (laughs) So with all this toxic waste in New York City, how much better would this movie be if Toxic Avenger just comes... I I have that note! I have that note! I said there is... uh, uh, It makes me never realize how bad I wanted a Toxie versus Jason movie. I I had a very similar note. I said New York City looks like if um, Blade Runner was made by Trauma. That's true. That's so true. And you know what? We are also missing one other great 80s reference here. Um, I was wondering, the guy that gets dumped headfirst into that toxic waste, what Ninja Turtle characters did he get turned into? (laughs) Four baby turtles. They're babies. (laughs) That must have been rock steady there. So, like, one of my favorite, like, facts that I found was that... The original ending to this movie was, like, the toxic waste was supposed to hit him, and he was just supposed to, like, completely just be gone. Like, you would see, like, his ghost spirit, which would actually beautifully set up Jason Goes to Hell, but, yeah. like, but they, originally it was, like, supposed to be the spirit disappearing, and they were like, well, that's too final. We have to leave it open-ended. So he's going to be a child in the sewers for the rest of his life. In, in wet boxer shorts. It was really creepy. I was like, why is that little chubby boy wearing wet boxer shorts in the sewer? I'm more, and, why, and why is... I'm, I'm really worried that why Jason is eventually chubby, because, like, Jason has to be jacked. Well, I, I assume that he's a baby instead of a, a young man. He's, he's a baby, just a gigantic yeah, in his baby <laughs> form, he's massive. Right. You know that they Feel had to do Mrs. Voorhees. They had to do a casting call for that kid, right? Like, the, and they took like, everyone. We're looking, we're looking for short, fat, bald yeah. children to sit in the sewer in their underwear for our movie. And I'm, the kid's like, "I'll do it for free. I'll do I'm, it for nothing." I modeled Husky Tough Knees <laughs> in the Sears Wish book last year. Here, one year supply. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, like, would any wait, of you... So, ever, oh, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, we have to talk about the fact that the end of this movie is all of our friends are dead, but we're in New York City. We're in Times Square. <laughs> Let's see the sights. Let's <laughs> slice. What, what's, where's the diner that Rizzo the Rat works? <laughs> Dude, if this movie ended with, like, Frank Sinatra's That's Life, it would not be out of place with that final shot. Like, <laughs> can we remake this movie with John Hamm? Obviously, as Jason. Jason. And, then, and then we have Real Big Fish do their New York, New York at the, the end of it. The version? Yes. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. So, 
uh, would any of you guys ever tell anybody that they should watch Jason? Absolutely Biggs? not. And I actually spent all day at Monster Mania today telling people they're wrong in liking this film. I didn't yeah. care that they we could have them come see us tonight. We could have them buy our T-shirts. We could have them listen to our podcast. It's way more important to let them know that their opinions on Jason Takes Manhattan are wrong. They are beyond wrong. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> As the world's greatest supervillain, I enjoy making people suffer. So, but not watching this much. Friday the 13th Part 8 will be mandatory in my <laughs> new world order. <sighs> you, you have your own little NWO coming around? Where I do, gonna, I do. They're going to spray paint us and make us watch Jason Takes Manhattan? No, they just stab. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is our first episode talking about Jason Takes Manhattan. Thank you so much, Johnny Neutrino, for coming here and talking about this awful, awful Oh, movie. yeah. Thanks for dealing with this garbage. <laughs> dealing with this garbage. We're going to take a, a, a really quick break, and then we will be back to discuss uh, the, the infamously bad Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare uh, which I'm going to defend a little bit because I like that movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I do too, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. The name is Neutrino. No! He got it right the second time. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 